no worries, no worries. Uh, so I, I looked around, I, I noticed so many things about people, when you, especially when you haven't seen them, seen them in a long time. So I wanted to talk about the one big thing I seen really quick that I noticed more than anything. Victoria, Christian, stand up real quick. Dude, you're taller than your sister already. What? <laughs> you're just like this little dude running around and then boing. Anyway, that's that's way my uh, my weird brain works. Um, you guys mind joining me real quick as we open in prayer. Uh, Father God, we are so grateful to be here this morning, to be in your house, in your sanctuary, filled with your Holy Spirit, to study your word and praise your Son. Be with us today as we uh, study some of these um, tougher verses that we can find in the Bible, and just to be able to help us to discern and understand them and allow them to sink into our hearts and our minds and our souls, that we can walk out of here defended, guarded, protected against the false teachers and the false people of this world who want to try and draw the souls of men and women away from you. We love you. It's in your beautiful name I pray. Amen. Um, so you guys that got kids here, like don't, don't stress it. Don't sweat it. Don't let it draw your, your focus away from listening to God's word. Um, I'm at peace in the chaos. I got, my house is never calm, never quiet. So it'd be awkward up here trying to preach like that. Kids are kids. Let them be kids. I love them. I'm, I'm just glad you guys are here. Um, before the whole COVID-19 thing happened and we were uh, closed the doors for a little bit as this thing was panning out, we were going through the books of First and Second Peter. Then we continued to do that through video sermons that we were um, putting online on, on YouTube and Facebook. And so a couple weeks ago, we ended up wrapping up First Peter and moved on to Second Peter. And in moving on to Second Peter, um, Nick and Tony took us through chapter one the last couple of weeks, and, and Peter has a message here. Like he, the thing I want us to understand is he's on death row at this time. He's facing certain death that he knows coming. God told him he's writing this letter from death row, and he and I, I think about what would I be doing if I knew that I was going to die shortly. What would, what would, where would my mind be? What would my focus be on? And, and I confess to you guys, like, I'm a selfish person. I started saying, spending time with my family, do, doing this, what, whatever. And they were all, like, inwardly focused things. It really humbled me to see the heart of Peter, that he's on death row, he knows this is coming, and he is like, I got to get this letter out to them and help them understand who Christ is, help them guard them against these false teachers, guard them against the things that, that I, I see are so important right now in, in the early church. So um, if you ask me, like there are a lot um, happier verses I would like to be preaching on our, our first day gathering back together again. But, but if somebody took the time on death row to, to jot down this book or this letter when, he, when it was written, I think it, it, it deserves our special attention. Pay attention to this epistle. Heed the warning that he's sending out in it. So... Um, Kind of going through, Second Peter is three chapters. It, it's a, one of the smaller books. There's three chapters. And what, what he goes with is in the first chapter, he was telling us that, um, you know, it's the chapter of truth. Jesus is everything. God is everything. Like, he, he painted the truth for us. In this chapter, he's going to be telling us, watch out for the false. Look out for the false teachers, the false prophets. And then in the third chapter, he's going to go into to, uh, 
uh, God's reign and return to earth to rule forever. So we can keep that in our mind as we're going through this. Uh, an easy outline for these three chapters is the true, the false, and then the end. So I'm going to be taking us through just the first three chapters today. Um, it's, it's amazing how God works in planning, or first three verses. It's amazing how God uh, works in, in certain things. Um, when I first got to the schedule, I was um, scheduled for verses 1 through 10. And I was like, man, there's a lot of stuff in these 10 verses. I'm like, so I'm like cramming, trying to condense it down into to, to fit into the message. And then we meet for our Friday pastor meeting, and uh, I was telling them that voice in that, and Tony's all, maybe make it two maybe? A good friend of mine is getting baptized, giving his life to Christ, and, and he wants us to be there and join on that, but I'm preaching next week. And I was like, no, that's actually awesome. I've been spending all this time trying to condense it down into one. We can, we can expand it back up, and so you guys are stuck with me for two weeks in a row. I'll be going through the other verses next week, but um, when I started reading this, it got me thinking about warning signs or warning labels and things to grab our attention and let us know that something is dangerous, that something is, can whether um, purposely or, or unintentionally, there's something coming that can cause us harm and, and, and bring us death or um, just, just put us in a very bad place. And I started thinking about some of the things and just the way my mind works is I was like, man, warning signs. That there's something that's all over in this world, but it's crazy how different they can be. And it got me thinking, um, gosh, I don't know how long ago that was. Back in 2005-ish, I want to guess, um, I was living in Salt Lake, and I got a job in Woods Cross at a vinyl fencing plant. Like, they, all of the chemicals came in there. They mixed it up to create the... The, the vinyl plastic in a mold, and then it was it was shot into different machines and mold and made all the fence posts and glass and tons of different designs. And everywhere in that place, there were warning signs. Big, square ones, bright red letters, warning, danger, all of these things, because really there was a lot of danger in there. Um, you have the chemicals that, that make the vinyl fencing in their raw form. You have all of the machinery that uh, from heating it, to mixing it, to pumping it through the uh, different forms. Um, some of them don't come out perfect, so there's huge grinders that you throw the defective back in so they can melt it down, send it back out. There are forklifts moving behind the line you're on. There's just a lot of stuff to go in there. And I'm like, man, that place had some warning signs. Like, you walked in there and you knew, be careful. And then I thought about things how, like, some of them aren't so obvious. Um, the thought that came to mind was medications about medications like you you get this medication and, it, and it's given to you by a doctor or someone that's that's trusted and so um, you roll with it and take their word for it and maybe you guys are different than me maybe you're a little better than me but um, I don't look into it much other than take their word for it kind of but there's dangers in medications mixing it with another medication um, whether you have some allergies to it certain side effects there are things with medications that, that could cause you harm and make you sick, maybe even kill you. And But when you go and pick up your medication, you got the bottle, and there's usually two little stickers on the side of that, and then you got this folded over, stapled, like, documentary of all of the stuff that can happen to you, maybe, with that medication. I don't ever unstaple that thing. I don't ever unfold it and read it. Like, 
but it's there. And so it just really got me thinking that with reading what Peter's going to be going through in these verses, I think this is the vinyl fencing. This is the, whoa, look out, be on guard, watch out. It's not some subtle warning that he just wants to mention. He is trying to get our attention. And um, we know, and we've been experiencing it the last couple months, the world we live in right now, there are a, a lot of advisories and warnings and things to, to, to look out for. And the unfortunate thing about living in a fallen world like we do is there are people that see signs like this and they want to take advantage of people. They want to manipulate people, defraud people, counterfeit people, and because they see vulnerability and they, and they want to prey on that. And, and a lot of people are preying on that for their own sordid gain, their own financial uh, gain, or to, to make money off people and, and get you any way you can. Uh, I think I heard my mother-in-law saying yesterday that she got hit with one of those little swiper things on the gas pump. Someone got her card numbered pumping gas because they put a fraud machine on the gas pump. So there, there are so many ways that people try and defraud us and do it for a worldly gain. Um, but it's nothing new. Just because we're in a rough patch in our country right now or, or um, people are preying on people now, it, it's not a new thing. It's kind of been the theme since the beginning. And when we think about uh, Eve in the garden, you know, and, and Satan comes up to her and he's like, really though? Did God really say that? Um, are you sure he meant that? I think this is what he was trying to say. Like he took deceptive words right out the gate to fraud her and, and get her into doing something that she knew wasn't right. And, and Jesus, he's even warned us about false teachers in Matthew. He says uh, the the field of the world and the kingdom of the kingdom seeds of the good seeds. But be cautious because the tares that grow amongst the good seeds, those those are the um, the sons of the wicked one. So. I just want us to go through this and read this and just, just be on guard. Be aware. Be aware to, to what we're taking in and what we're believing because there are so many opinions, so many things out there that, praise God, we have one absolute truth, one absolute source of, of um, undeniable truth that we can go to. So, um, as I said, we'll be going through Second Peter chapter 2 and the first three verses. If you guys want to take a second turn there, if you're already there, you guys rock. So um, there are a couple key words that I wanted to uh, make sure were in my translation. So we'll be reading the New King James Version on the screen, I believe, if they got that switched, because there's just a couple words that were um, switched a little in different translations. I want to make sure that we touch on those today. Starting in verse 1. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. So um, in, in going through this and looking, uh, um, breaking down these three verses today, um, I want us to be able to take away like six things that we can we can learn and we can we can understand about the false teachers and false prophets uh, from these three verses. So, of the six things I want us to notice, the first one that we can see is they're always around. 
we look at verse 1. He says, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. So he's writing to, to the newly established Christian church. He's writing to these people right now, but he's saying, look, if you look back all the way to the beginning, all the way in the Old Testament, there were false prophets among the people, talking about the people of Israel. He's saying, it's nothing new. They're among you. And like I mentioned, it, since Satan's arrival in the garden, he has been actively seeking to pull men and women away from God. Um, Moses and Elijah, they spent a lot of time warning of false prophets, the same with Ezekiel and Jeremiah. The false prophet in the Old Testament, um, he was usually embraced. He was usually embraced because he didn't expect a lot out of you. He didn't demand anything of you. He, he wants you to live a life of ease. He's appealing to your flesh. There's no expectations. He, he doesn't want you to change in any way. He's saying, yeah, what, what you're doing is working. Like, you know, like, just, just being in on what you find attractive and, and appeasing to that to draw you away from God. Um, Jesus warned of false prophets in Matthew. He said, be careful. They're going to come. They're going to come. Um, Sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're raving wolves seeking to devour. Um, do any of you kids in here? Do you guys? Any of you guys know any bad guys that wear disguises to try and hurt people? Nothing. Bueller. Yeah. They love the coloring pages. That works. Mark that down. Okay. But you know, we got. Uh, how about like? My, what big eyes you have, Grandma. You know, the little red riding hood. They come in deceptive. They come in camouflage. They're, they're, they're hiding to come in and, and try and devour and hurt people. And we're seeing that warning in verse 1. He's saying, like, at that time, the primary voice of God in the Old Testament was the prophets. But now, in the New Testament, the primary voice is the Bible teachers, teachers of the word. And he's saying, so even as they were in the beginning, now, even as they were in the beginning with prophets, now you have them in your Bible teaching. Be on guard. The second thing I want us to see from also in verse 1 that we can see about these false teachers is they distort the truth. They distort the truth. I need this page here that has my, my verses on it. He says, goes on to say, but, but there were false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, then he goes on to say, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. The word heresy in this, in this context, the word heresy, basically what it means is a choice, make a choice. So what he's saying is they're going to bring in destructive choices. They're going to bring in preferential choices that people will prefer to make that will suit themselves instead of aligning with the scripture instead of aligning with God's word. So someone who is not saved, someone who's never placed their faith in Christ yet, they may pre prefer to choose their own version of the truth, one that kind of fits their lifestyle better, one that appeases to, to them and what they believe and how they feel, picking and choosing from God's word what they want to believe. It, it kind of becomes like a buffet, like you're going in and, and there's all of this food there and you're yeah, I'll take a good helping of this. I'll, I'll, I'll dress it with some of this. Good on the guilt. Good on confession and repentance. Uh, I don't need those. You do that. Um, you know, hold the sin, please. I'm good on that. 
he, they, they present a destructive heresy, a destructive choice where people can pick and choose what, what they want to believe and what they want to follow. But the, um, the goal of the false teacher is putting you in a position to make a choice. Which party are you going to follow? Are you going to follow truth? Are you going to follow God? Are you going to follow the flesh and follow the deceptive lives of the devil? Um, the other, the other sneaky thing that they'll do is they're going to they're going to use words that appeal to the flesh, but don't align with the Bible. They're going to they're going to introduce these choices. They're going to use common words that we as believers may know, or someone who's been um, exploring their faith. They're going to use words that that sound familiar to them. They'll use words like salvation or sin or, or grace. They're using the same word as we may use, but they're not using the dictionary. They're, they're, they're twisting the definition of these words. They're, they're helping people hear something familiar but lead them astray in a different direction with the definition of the word. That really stuck out to me. They're using the same vocabulary but different dictionary. We think back to the story of Satan deceiving Eve in the garden. I've mentioned that a couple times, but it's our first like great example of this kind of deception. First thing he does in that is he questions God's word. It really says that. Then the second thing he does is he denies God's word. Glad you guys are here. Welcome. Second thing he does is he says. He denies God's word. He says, you're not going to die if you eat that. Really? You said that? That's not going to happen. You're not going to die if you eat that. And then he replaces God's word, saying, but when you do, you'll be like God. You'll know everything. So he, he took the same situation, some of the same phrases, just distorted the meaning to lead her astray. So one, we had... They're always around. Two, they distort the truth. The third thing I want us to pick up from this is they deny the Lord Jesus Christ. As verse 1 goes on, it says, There will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, Excuse me, even denying the Lord who bought them. Sometimes feature, um, some of these false teachers, they're easier to spot by who the, what they deny, not what they know or what they claim to know. Um, I guess one of the examples I could I could think is is we live in a world today with a lots of different um, religions, skewed beliefs on the Bible, skewed belief on who Jesus is, and and, and um, like is he God? Is he not God? Instead of arguing some of the non-essentials that may be in there and, and going into a, a large debate, I think it might be easier sometimes just to ask them. What is your belief on Jesus? What, what what does your religion say about Jesus? They're gonna they're gonna deny his deity. They're gonna deny his claims that he was um, born of a virgin, that he was um, died for our sins, that he was resurrected from the dead, that he ascended into heaven. They're gonna deny these things. So the third thing, like I said, we can we can we can look at is they deny the Lord Jesus Christ. They deny him. They deny the Lord Jesus Christ. So so question them. Seek that out. Seek out their answers. 
and, and you're studying the Bible, if you have a relationship with Christ, if you know the absolute truth about him, it's going to be easy to let these false teachers reveal themselves, reveal, reveal their fall, reveal that they're counterfeiters trying to draw you away from God. Um, number four, the fourth thing you can take away from this is that they broaden the way to heaven to man. Verse 2, we'll go into verse 2 now. He says, and any will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth shall be blasphemed. There's two things we see in that. They're making an open door. They're making an open door for everyone to come and follow their way of life. And they're promising things that they can't provide. They're promising things they can't have them. But it's going to destroy them. Second, they're the reason that a lot of people won't listen to truth later. Try to get into a discussion with someone who, um, who has been led astray by one of these false preachers and false teachers. That a wall goes up. They don't want to hear absolute truth. Because with, with, with the um, things that they had been presented before, with the things that the false teacher had mentioned to them, man, it, it appealed to the flesh. It sounded good. It made it a lot easier to be able to, to get into heaven. Like there are so many things that we can see there. Jesus warned in Matthew that we should be careful of the, uh, or we should be careful to enter the narrow gate because broad is the way that leads to destruction. They want to teach the opposite. We see the words, and many will follow, but, but why many? It says right there, but many will follow. Because that false teacher, he makes that way easier. He makes it more inviting. He makes it sound better. Um, you don't have to repent. You don't have to confess of your sins. You don't have to admit your failures in your life. You don't have to admit your need for a Savior, your need for help. Those are things when we're prideful people that want to please ourselves that, man, that sounds good if I don't have to repent. That, that sounds like, like the direction I want to go. Um, if I think of it in hiking terms, if I see a flat road, I want that one. I don't want to climb that hill. My legs are too tired for that. But when someone, so, so one of the things that to be aware of is when, you're in a, uh, a church, or we have um, so many avenues today with YouTube videos and so many different access to different preachers and stuff. Like, if you're hearing someone say, uh, you're good, you're living a good life, you're doing all right, things are going to be fine, that draws people in. Don't let it draw you in. They go into, uh, like, buy my book. Eight ninety five, and you can go find true joy and happiness. Like, it, it's on it's on Amazon. You can get it there. They broaden the way to heaven for man. Number five, the fifth thing we can see is they cover their true motive, and this is a big one. This is um, one that really stuck out. This is one of the reasons I wanted to use this translation is to make sure we had this word covetousness in there because um, you can you can be somewhere or, or maybe you're watching an event on TV or something and, and it's this large event and all of a sudden the guy's like, oh, hold on. I'm hearing a message from God. 
she said there are seven people in this room with $5,000 and may want to donate it to our cause. Red flag. Red flag. The, the verse, by covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. The word covetousness right here, it, it usually translates from the Greek into the word greed. Their covetousness is they're preying on you and they're, they're doing these things for to gain financially, to gain money from you. They, they're, not, they're not concerned with your salvation. They don't have your best interests in mind. They want to get into your wallet. Saying, give, give, and it will be given to you. And while, while that may be biblical, that's not the motivation that the Bible teaches on. That's not the, the, the motivation that I want to give so I can get back. That, that's not the motivation, but that is the motivation that Paul speaks to them when he provides. That is the motivation they will do. Now, uh, join our ministry. Pledge, pledge this. Sow this seed. These deceptive words they use to, to receive financial gain. One of the ex other uh, interesting words that I found and was really cool for me to learn is the word deceptive translates in the Greek plastic. You think about plastic, it, it can come in one form, you can mold it into anything you want. Soften it up, apply a little heat to it. You can form that plastic into anything you want. Yeah, form it into a debit card that'll swipe right through there. Good job, Nate, I like that. Um, so he's saying they're using these deceptive words for their covetousness. So they're using and molding and changing these words so that they can uh, try and dip into your wallet, get money out of you, and this, this as well is nothing new. Um, it, I'm going to read a scripture here. Um, Micah wrote this in 600 B.C. in Micah 3.11. He said, her, her heads judge for a bribe, her priests for pay, and her prophets divine for money. Yet they lean on the Lord and say, is not the Lord among us? No harm can come among us. So, Saying that these people have these divine visions for, for some money, and then they're telling people, but the Lord is among us. No harm can come among us. Especially like in times like we're living right now. Um, it became, I know me and Nick talked about it a little bit, it, it became something that um, we noticed when, uh, you know, churches were um, shut down for a little while. The doors were closed anyway. Church continued going and will always go because of the church is not the building, but some of, some of the places that are um, reputable churches, sound doctrine churches, it, be, it became like in that moment, the main focus was how many times can I blast a link to our online church? Because that became the motivation. That became the worry. Like, like that became the main thought. Um, that, that thought process of the doors are closed. Attendance isn't just down. It's at, it's at zero right now. Uh, the, the church still has costs. We have things. That becomes the focus, and that becomes the, the main message that's been thrown, the main um, bait that's been thrown out is, here's the link. Give online to this. And, like, I know all three of us uh, um, have the same feeling, and we've talked about it in meetings. That was the most uncomfortable part for any of us, you know, is to, to say, here's the link to our online giving, because we understand that God is a provider. God provides all things. God provides you guys with a job. God provides your money for your family. God provides for this church and 
so we understand that, like, you know, God's got this. It looks a little different right now. He's going to put it on the hearts of people that want to give, and those people want to give, and, and that's great. Like, we don't need to go throwing bait, fishing, fishing for these things. Um, like, honestly, like, the mighty power of the creator of the world, God can pay the light bill. And, and if God can't pay the light bill, I'm worshiping the wrong God, you know? So, um, number five, like, is number five, they cover their motive. Then number six, the last thing we see from this is uh, um, the last verse. It says, you know, they're headed for judgment. It says, for a long time their judgment has not been idle. Their destruction does not slumber. Destructive jo- doctrines bring destructive judgment. And, and we can be sure of that. We're going to go into more of that in, in the coming verses. He's going to explain more of that in verses 4 through 10 as we move forward. But um, our job, that what I really wanted us to focus on in this section is just how we can recognize it. If you know a lot about somebody or something, it makes it a lot easier to spot out. Um, you know, I, it, as weird as this sounds, being somebody that um, went through a, a rough patch of addiction in my life and now getting sober, because I was really in tuned and aware with that kind of lifestyle, I can walk through the store and I can see these guys. So us becoming aware with the false teachers and their characteristics and what they, how they act, the, the things they try to use, the things that they will try and use to deceive us and pull our souls away from God, it, I wanted us to key in and focus on those so that we could recognize them as we go through life. Um, so what we, one, we know that they're always around. We know that they distort the truth. They deny the Lord Jesus Christ, that they brought him the way to heaven for man that they cover their true motives, and as we see next week, they're headed for true judgment. Um, I wanted to close with a, a quick little um, thing that I heard that was very interesting is um, he said, if you've ever bitten into an apple, and um, when you look at an apple, you look to make sure it has any wormholes, right? You, you look to make sure um, it's, it's a good, healthy apple to eat. So the thing I said that the worms their larva is laid in the flower of the plant, and they're actually in the apple before you've ever taken a bite. The holes we're seeing are they're exiting from the apple. So the way that uh, it closes is like if you're biting into an apple and, and it's got a worm in it, spit it out. And that's the same thing. If we're biting into false doctrine, it has a worm in it, spit it out. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we're able to come together this morning. We thank you for Peter. We thank you that he, in the midst of death looming above him, was um, it was conscious and cared enough to want to warn us of these false, false teachings, that he gave us things that we could look at, characteristics that we could identify, that we could protect ourselves, that we could protect our hearts, our souls, and just continue to be drawn in closer to you. God, we love you. Beautiful name I pray.